Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners, Evan, as I always do, uh, for coming back again and again. We've been on the air over 10 years with an excess of 600 podcasts with authors like yourself. And we really, really appreciate all you out there who provide feedback, listen to our authors, gain wisdom and insight. And today you're in for a treat. Um, We've got Evan Carmichael joining us um, from Toronto, Canada. And his new book is called Your One Word, The Powerful Secret to Create a Business and Life that Matters. You can also uh, see him on Twitter at hashtag believe. Uh, That happens to be Evan's one word. Good day to you, Evan. How are you doing? I'm amazing, Greg. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on with us, and thanks for taking the time. I'm going to let my listeners know just a little bit about you. For those of you out there who don't know Evan Carmichael, coaches entrepreneurs for peak performance. At 19, he built then sold a biotech software company. At 22, he and he was a venture capitalist helping raise 500000 to $15 million dollars. Evan was named one of the top 100 great leadership speakers uh, for your next conference conference by Inc. Uh, magazine and one of the top 40 social marketing talents by Forbes. He's been interviewed or featured as an entrepreneur expert in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Mashable, and elsewhere. He now runs EvanCarmichael.com, popular website for entrepreneurs. He speaks globally and is based in Toronto, as I said. Um, You can reach him at Evan Carmichael, and that's C-A-R-M-I-C-H-A-E-L.com. Facebook, EvanCarmichael.com. Twitter, at Evan Carmichael. And YouTube, his channel is Evan Carmichael. So you got great branding going there, Evan. It's all Evan Carmichael. Thanks, man. <laughs> Luckily, I have a unique enough name that I don't have to worry too much about it. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, and again, thanks for taking the time. And I think you do have a very important message for our listeners. And let me just start this podcast off. You know, you you state that if you're doing something because it makes money, it's easy to quit. But if you're doing something because it makes you come alive, then removing the restrictions life throws it you're at you, um, you can clear the path. If you would, you start your book off with this story. Um, you're over at your parents' house. You take this call from your partner. Tell our listeners about your decision to quit and when you told your partner that what you guys were doing together was not working and why that led into what you're doing today. You're taking me right into the pain, Greg, right into the pain. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I had a first company. Uh, I was 19 years old. It was a biotech software business. I had two partners. And I turned down big job offers to do this. You know, I turned down my dream job, eighty dollars to $100,000 starting salary at huge companies that I thought I always wanted to do this startup company that I was an owner in. And I wasn't having success at the start. I was making $300 a month, and I made it worse for myself by not telling my friends how badly I was doing. 
you know, I was I had too much pride and ego, I guess, to uh, be humbled and embarrassed. And so I always told them, yeah, it's great. I'm just I'm living the entrepreneur life. Meanwhile, I was really struggling. Uh, up until that point, anything that I applied myself to, I had some results with, you know, whether it was academics or athletics or anything else. You know, you put in the work, you're going to get results. And here I was putting in tons of work lots of work and just not getting any results and uh, it was the the most frustrating part of my life uh, the the point in my life where I felt that I had the least value the least self-confidence and I just got so frustrated I told my partner I can't do this I quit I gotta go do something else and and you were in a software business at the time correct yeah and I didn't actually quit um, I had the worst night of my life, and then I, I went back to my partner's. We worked out of his apartment. I worked out of his dining room table, and I showed up the next day. And to his credit, uh, he didn't. He just looked me in the eye and let me in again. He didn't question me. We didn't get into a big fight about it because I couldn't believe that the words "I quit" were coming out of my mouth for something I was so passionate about doing. But I think it's one of the things that we don't talk about a lot as entrepreneurs: those moments when you do feel like giving up. Uh, it's normal. You know, not every day is amazing and sunshine and roses and perfect. Right. You know, yes, we get to pick our own path and do what we want to do, but there's a lot of hardships and struggle and it doesn't always uh, work out exactly as we want. And so there's moments where people think about quitting and that was my worst moment. Uh, what it forced me to do is realize that the way that I've been doing this isn't working and I need to change my approach. And that change in approach started leading to some success with the business. And obviously, and and you are so passionate about the entrepreneur's plight. I mean, um, look, I, I counsel entrepreneurs. I'm a serial entrepreneur myself. I've owned uh, so many different businesses, made investments like you, venture capital here, there. Um, you know, the podcasts that I do are passion. Um, but a lot of this knowledge and learning I get, I expose to all of my clients. And you would, you would help everybody if you could. But you came across this uh, one word um, program and work. And um, explain in your estimation why you believe it's so powerful. Your one word is believe, obviously. And you've created this uh, a program around core campaign and company. Um, and obviously for my listeners, there's a tremendous amount of information that you can soak up in Evan's book. Um, we're not going to have time to reach all of it. But if you could, you know, talk with us about the power, because I know we speak to so many authors about the power of their passion and their mission and their vision. And you're basically distilling this down into one word that then turns into exponential growth um, based upon the passion you have around this and how you're using it to brand yourself and market yourself and so on. So if you would, explain to our listeners really what that's all about. Yeah, I think a lot of people are walking around in a fog. I think a lot of people feel like they could be doing more in their life than what they're currently doing. They feel like they have more potential than what they're locked into right now, but they don't know what to do or how to get out of it. 
and and you know maybe that's less so for your listeners because it it's all about personal growth but i think a lot of people feel like they have more potential than what they're currently achieving and for me the solution comes down to self-awareness and i believe everybody has one word and what that boils down to is one main core value that is at the essence of who you are and when you figure that out then you can start to live a life that's much more purposeful, that is more passionate, that you're going to enjoy more. And if you want, bring that to a business as well. So core, the first section of the book is about how to find your one word, how to find what you really are all about and how to then examine your life and see where, you know, you might have some missing pieces and then campaign and companies for the entrepreneurs who now want to take this message and build a movement around it, build a company around it to have a greater impact as well as to make some money from too. Yeah, and it's and it's very well documented in your book. I love, you know, I get so many books in here, Evan, and the way this book is actually designed and laid out, and this is for my listeners as much as anybody, bold print, easy to read, uh, short, uh, succinct comments, Obviously, very, very engaging, and you know, it's almost like a punch in the stomach kind of book. Um, and and I love that. I love the way that uh, your designers and you put it together because it is a unique way that it's done. And I just want to compliment you on how you guys put the book together because I've seen thousands of books, and this one is definitely unique. Um, I, I love that. Yeah, th- thank you. And, and just quickly on that, uh, it came from my own reading style where I, I, I'm not the guy who loves reading 60 page long chapters. And then ha- I hate ending a chapter. You know, like I, I hate ending. So I hate ending reading in the middle of a chapter. I want to get to the end. Right. And so I get frustrated when I'm lying in bed reading a book and there's still another 30 pages and I'm tired and want to go to sleep. Uh, And so I wanted something that you could end almost anywhere. So almost every page, there's a bold ending and you can you can stop. Um, And then the language is meant for anybody to be able to pick up. Kids are picking it up. People with who are who are ESL, English as a second language are picking it up. So um, that's that's a great honor that you would say uh, such high praise about the formatting and I really appreciate it. Oh no, it you can tell that there's a lot of care for and the reason I know is this is I'm on my second book. Uh, the book that I'm just finishing now, it's in final editing stages and ready to go out for uh, comments and reads. Um, is basically called Hacking the Gap, a journey from intuition to innovation and beyond. And, you know, I've done a similar kind of format. So it's it's really, um, I think it's good because I think that's what the reader's like. Now, you know, you mentioned in your book that the Fortune 500 list was started in 1955, and then only 13% of the original companies are still on the list. So that says it to me uh, that 77% are gone or have failed. Um, you contend that it's because that they were boring and lost relevancy. What are some of those companies um, that have gone by the wayside, and what are some that are still on the list? And why do you believe the guys that are still on the list are on the list, and the guys that are not on the list anymore uh, actually uh, lost relevancy and failed? Yeah, it's really standing for something. You look at a company like uh, Walt Disney. That, is, that has been around uh, and, and through multiple generations of leadership where so many other companies just fall apart. What do they do? They're there to provide magic for kids. Like that's the, the core of their mission. It's what they want to do. The very start of Walt Disney was, you know, Disney wanted, if you think of, of Disneyland, why he started Disneyland since you're based in California, he wanted a place where he could go and have fun with his daughters 
And it was also fun for him. So it's not just a, a play place for the kids to have fun, but he wanted the parents to have fun as well and have it as a family fun place to go to. And if you think about it, that's still what Disneyland and Disney World is about. You know, I go on an annual trip every year to Disney World in March to get away from some of the cold here. And I, I take my son and it, it's, it's part of what the company is still all about today, where a lot of other companies, how many companies have a, a, a list of core values, right? They say core values are important, right? Here are 12 core values that we run our business by. And then I bet you the CEO couldn't name those core values off by heart, you know, let alone the VPs and the managers and then down to the employees. And so they're not really living their core values. And it just becomes about hitting next quarter's, you know, profit uh, estimates. And so I think the companies that really do stand the test of time, like a Walt Disney, uh, are the ones who have solid purpose and solid meaning. And if you distill that back down to, you know, for your listeners, for somebody who maybe want to start their own business, if, if profit is the only motive, you're not going to have success. You have to have something that's more important than profit. Yes, profit is important. I'm not saying go do a charity, you know, unless, unless charity is your thing. But there has to be something that you would do above making money for. Mm-hmm. Right? Something that you would do for free because you just love it so much. You know, if I look at you and your podcast, it's 600, 600 episodes. You don't do that because you're just trying to make a buck. You know, like there's an intense passion for personal growth and learning and helping and inspiring and enlightening other people that this has been the manifestation of it. But for, for entrepreneurs who are thinking about starting a business, you have to find that thing that, uh, yes, you're passionate about, but then you inject your value through. You inject your one word through um, that helps make everything come together for you. Well, and I, I love the fact that, you know, when you watch your videos, you have your Believe t-shirt on and you can see the passion uh, in what you do. Every video you do, you are excited about um, so this is a compliment to you. And a sidebar to your little note about Disney, because that's one of the relevant, uh, in other words, one of these companies that has standed the test of time. 1963, um, I met Walt Disney in a, in basically in a, a, it was a hotel in Palm Springs. My wow. parents were out there for a vacation. He happened to be coming down on the elevator. He was sick. He was just before his demise. And I was so anxious to meet this man and walked up to him and I put my hand out and I said, uh, Mr. Disney, you know, whatever I did, I can't even hardly remember, you know. And it was, oh, oh, thank you, little boy, kind of thing. But it was just such a, a, a compelling moment for me uh, to actually have met Walt Disney and, and shake his hand. So uh, you, you tell a really great story. Um, Walt had lots of challenges, as we all know, gone through bankruptcy. He had a challenge with his brother. Every time he wanted to do something, his brother was the CEO and wanted yep. to put the Knicks on it. Um, yep. So for those of you out there listening, you know, <clears throat> entrepreneurship has its ups, has its downs, but, you know, the test of time is your conviction. And, you know, you state there's one word that defines who we are and connects us at the things in our life that make us come to life. Um, how do you help your the listeners that are out there? I know it's in the book, but what would you say to help them define their one word? I know you've got samples in the book. You've got, you know, all kinds of words that people could adopt. But what what is it that you do to help shift their particular um, 
uh, mindset to get into this and to get really emotionally charged over their one word? Sure. So the first thing to think about is this is not something that is a word for 2017. It's not a New Year's resolution. It's the deepest single core value that you have as a human being. And so it's what you've always been and what you always will be about. And so, you know, Greg, I don't know if you went through the exercise and, and found what your one word is. But if, if I if I think about you, I might come up with, you know, inspire or enlighten or grow, something like that. And so, you know, in 10 years, Greg is still going to be about growth and inspiration and enlightenment. You know, it's not something that is only happening this year. It's it's always been a constant and always will be a constant. Uh, so that's the first thing to kind of set the mindset. Then I'd be looking at what are all the things that have made you come alive and made you really happy in the past? Think about what your favorite song is and what your favorite movie is and what you loved about your parents and who your favorite teacher was growing up. If you've had hundreds of teachers through school and university, you know who was your favorite teacher and why? Like Why does that one person stand out versus all the other people? And what you'll find is there's a common thread between them. And that's that's the connective tissue. That's that's what your one word is going to be about. So my one word is believe. Uh, my favorite movie is Seabiscuit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it's uh, about this undersized racehorse with this oversized jockey and this owner that had no money and went bankrupt. And somehow they all come together and they form this amazing team and they win all these races. And it's a classic kind of believe story. And I love it. Uh, a lot of people think it's a cheesy, stupid movie. That's That's okay. But I love it. It's my favorite one. Uh, my parents used to tell me that I'm a, I'm a Castrilli Carmichael and I could do anything that I wanted. Uh, my mom's last name is Castrilli. So, you know, believe came from them as well. Uh, my favorite entrepreneur is AP Janini, who founded the Bank of America, who, who was the guy who bet on Walt Disney to help him get the funds for his first full-length animation cartoon. People said people won't watch an hour-long cartoon. And so Believe has been this thread throughout my my whole life and asking yourself what makes you happy, what makes you come alive, what do you love about all these things, and then trying to find how those things connect through your one word uh, is going to be helpful for you. Some people find it easier to go negative. Some people can't find the connective tissue going positive, so they think negative. Uh, It's another exercise in the book, but it's basically think about all the people in your life who you can't stand. Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a former boss or coworker or former classmate. It's just the person that you can't stand being around. You know? Uh, so if I think about Greg, if you're all about growth and somebody who is just saying, yeah, just stay the way you are, or don't worry about improvement, or, you know, that's just the way life is, would probably drive Greg nuts. Uh, and so, like, if you think about the people you, you can't stand being around, there's nothing, like, it's okay. It's not passing judgment, not that they're bad people. Just there's a there's a characteristic about them that you don't want to have in your life. And so what is that characteristic? That's your anti-word. And then the opposite is going to be what your one word is about. And so there's a few more exercises, but that's a starting point to try to figure out who am I, you know, what am I all about? What's the mo- one most important thing? And then when you find that, uh, a whole world opens up to you. Most definitely. And, you know, I think that uh, Jim Rome said it probably best. You're the sum total of the five people that you hang around. And the reality sure. there is, you know, whether it's a mastermind group or whatever it is that uh, my listeners want to get into, I totally advocate 
those type of things because that's what inspires you. That's what keeps you moving forward. That's what creates new ideas. Those are all the things that you need. And as Evan is saying, you know, no matter what your one word is, uh, make sure you surround yourself with uh, positive people. Now, we've talked about your word is believe, and you mentioned that, that there was one thing that really kind of changed your life, and you said it was this speech. You actually write the whole speech out by Steve Jobs on core selling, and it changed you forever. Can you explain why Steve Jobs' message was so impactful to you uh, and, and why it changed you forever? Yeah, it's a it's a great speech. It's when he came back to Apple. So he was fired from Apple and then he was rehired. Apple was on its last legs, had no money. And he was like the last desperate Hail Mary. Here we go. Uh, and it was his first speech kind of coming back and figuring out how we're going to approach the marketing of Apple. And at the time, I was trying to figure out myself as well. I hadn't come to believe as my one word yet. It was um, just, it really hit me at an important point in my life where what he was talking about in that speech and there's a video of it as well that we link up in the book, he's basically saying that marketing is about values. That if you want to really connect with people, it's about connecting with the same values that you have and understanding what you stand for as a company and people want to understand why you're doing something before they'll listen to what you're doing. And so when so many companies are just selling, you know, based on price or selling based on a specific feature, it, those things work, but they're not effective. They're not as efficient as they could be. Where if you're selling based on the value that you have, like why do people go to Whole Foods? Why do people buy from the Honest Company? Why do people buy from these companies? Because they have a mission, because they stand for something and they communicate that in their message. And so Steve Jobs was a guy who was worth tens of millions of dollars in his early 20s. He could have gone and done anything. Like what would what would you do with tens of millions of dollars in your early 20s? You know, you could vacation for the rest of your life. And he decided to, until the day he died to keep working on making an impact and to continue to build Apple. And money was never his primary target. It was never his primary goal. Yes, it was important, but never number one. And he talks a lot about it. And money was never number one, and yet he built Apple to become the most valuable company in the world because they stood for something. And so that was really important to me. And there's a number of other entrepreneur leaders. I look at Howard Schultz from Starbucks and Walt Disney and AP Janini. There's a number of the other people who have gone on and done similar things. Um, and a lot of them are actually on my wall in my office. And I like to surround myself with those kinds of thinking because these are the guys who stick around. These are the guys who build amazing, impactful, valuable businesses where everybody else falls off. Well, I think the key is sustainability. I mean, you said that about Disney. Um, one thing you can say about Apple, one thing you can say about Disney, one thing you can say about a lot of these companies, Bank of America, is uh, their ability to sustain, ride through tough times. I mean, even for Apple, Apple, it hasn't always been smooth sailing. Um, we can see now with the new president um, some of the challenges that they're faced with and the people that are marketing right up to their doorstep trying to capture market share. And, um, you know, but again, keeping that a great culture for people to work in so that you can have great innovation going on is a big one. And if you would, speak with our listeners about building this movement and the importance of something you refer to as testing. 
And once we've found this one word, you basically tell us, hey, you know, you've got to do some testing. Um, speak with us about that. Yeah, as much as I'm an entrepreneur, I'm very risk averse. I'm not the guy who will, you know, mortgage my place to the hilt and go all in on an idea and hope it works out. Uh, I like to test to see if this is a good idea or not. And so I came on Believe. It felt right. Uh, I started making changes in my personal life, started to build an environment around Believe, a morning routine around Believe, the books that I read and videos I watched around Believe. And I was feeling it in my personal life a lot. I wanted to bring it to my business. And I thought, this is crazy. I'm gonna, am I going to rebrand my entire business around one word of Believe? It, it sounded nuts because nobody was doing it. And so I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a test. Before I rebrand everything, I'm just going to send a newsletter out. I send a newsletter every week, and this newsletter is just going to be about Believe. And, and let's see how it goes. And I wrote, a, I wrote a passionate message because it came from the heart, and it did really well. It, was the, it did 50% better than my average newsletter. And the thing that got me was my uh, younger sister, Stephanie, wrote back to me in an email saying, I love this. I actually read your newsletters now. <laughs> That's so, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a shot to the stomach as well that you know only a sister can give you, but, but it's a good sign. Uh, so I said, okay, well, this is great. This works for my newsletter. Let's bring it to my YouTube channel. I did a video. My best video that I had on my channel, I had maybe a thousand videos on my channel. The best one had a hundred thousand views. And I was so proud of that video. Like 100,000 views is a good benchmark to get. And I made a video on belief. And some of the people closest to me actually said, this video is never going to work. It's too long. You got to cut it down. People don't have the attention span to watch it. Don't release it. And you know what? It just felt right for me. So it's one video. I'm going to post it up. That first video took me a year to get to 100,000 views. This one got 100,000 views in a month. Congratulations. <laughs> it, was my, it was my best video on the channel. It's now over 2 million views, and, uh, and it keeps going. And so, you know, more and more, everything that was around my one word just started doing better. And so I decided to do the crazy thing and, and slowly rebrand everything around it. And it's not just, this is what's important, it's not just a marketing exercise. It's not just something that we're pushing out there as our message. It's it comes from a, a deep, caring, compassionate place. Like this is actually who I am mm -hmm. and I'm now sharing that more with the world as opposed to, huh, what do people want to hear and how can I make this look good? Well, yeah, it first, a lot it first has yep. to emanate from Evan's soul uh, as somebody who wants to tell the story and it, versus you saying, hey, I'm doing this for marketing purposes so that I can attract more people to YouTube to watch my damn video. Uh, the reality right. is if it isn't the other way around, you're not going to get the people looking at your video because there's a thing called authenticity. And if people uh, – one thing that you'll find real quick is um, people read right through people who aren't authentic. Um, and one thing I can tell from just looking at your videos, you are – Congratulations for keeping that because usually uh, the ego gets expanded and it's pretty easy uh, to shift from somebody who isn't authentic, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I congratulate you on that. Now, you've got this, this 
planning checklist. You have nine items on it. It starts on page 87 on your book. I think those nine items are worth a mention. Uh, obviously, we don't need to go in detail. We don't have time for all that. But the reality is, this is a core section of your book. Um, I would say this is, uh, for any entrepreneur listening, when you pick up Evan's book, um, you're going to want to look at these planning things in the checklist. If you would, uh, briefly mention us and tell us the importance of them. You're going you're gonna to test my, uh, my knowledge I'm there. I'm going to test remember, your knowledge remember. of your own book, and if not, just pick it up to page 87. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I love, I love it, Greg. I gave um, you the so, page number. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, th- this is now for people who want to start a business around their one word. So this is in the second section of the book. And it's really, again, I want to prove to you that this works before you start going deeper and deeper and deeper. Like anything that – that you're spending your time on as an entrepreneur has to start giving returns because I get how little time we have to focus on the things that uh, we need to do in our business because we're just doing everything. And so the easiest way to impact entrepreneurs in the short term is like, let's, let's get some more money. Let's get some more sales coming in. How do I turn this into marketing for me? And so that's what the, the planning checklist does is guide you through some of the things that you need to do to think about your next marketing campaign. So it starts off by thinking about what your mindset is and that this is not just a marketing thing that's a one-off thing, but is an ongoing powerful message you want to give to the world. We start thinking about what our credo is and adding a little more uh, description and thought to what our one word means so that we have a message to share. You know, Greg was talking about authenticity. What is that authentic message? What does believe mean or what does grow mean or what does whatever your one word mean? And say, here is what we are trying to do as a business. Telling your story is super important. A lot of people want to look corporate and then they have a boring LinkedIn resume kind of story on their web page. So make it personal. Share some personal details. Show a picture of you smiling. You know, Greg has a great example on his website. I can go. I see his bio. I see a great smiling picture. You know, makes me feel more connected. And then tell me why you care so much about the thing that you're doing. And it goes on. You want to think about who your tribe is going to be. You want to think about rituals and gestures you can put into. Uh, what's the name of your your products, your company, and having to have purpose. Uh, creating an enemy is in there as well. Having an uh, enemy against the movement that you have. Thinking about your logos. Thinking about your fonts. Thinking about a sound. Everything. Every decision that you make is now seen through the lens of your one word. So my logo is a is a paper airplane taking off. That's believe because I see the world through entrepreneurship. And when we're starting off, we want to go off and build this huge, great thing and, and reach new heights. But we don't have a fighter jet to take off in. We're taking off in a paper airplane and we're going to get battered and bruised along the way, but we're still trying to reach and climb to new heights. So that speaks to me. And so every every decision that you then make in your business is how do we make our logo around our one word? How do we make our customer service around our one word? How do we make our new flyer around our one word? And so that when people see it, it has an impact on them. Well, it has great uh, symbolism, that uh, paper airplane you have. Actually, you use it on the videos and your intro of your videos and so on. You know, you have a chapter in your book uh, about the importance of culture, hiring, onboarding, the environment that's created for your team. What are some of the tips that you have for listeners about building an awesome cu- culture? And what do you believe attracts the best people 
around you to help you uh, build your business? I think it starts now. We're getting to the last section of the book where we're we're using our one word for everything in business, not just our marketing. I think it starts with attracting the right people in, and so you need to stand out and be different, right? So if you are a software development company, right? There's tons of software development companies. Why well, am I going to pick you over somebody else if I'm a talented? software engineer, why am I coming to your company versus everything else? So many of the job postings are super boring and they all look the same. And so, you know, in my job title, it'll always start with, I'm looking for, you know, a programmer who believes in entrepreneurs and the believe will be hashtagged. And then I'll start the first paragraph just talking about the mission, why I'm so passionate, what we're trying to do. A lot of people will see that and say, oh, that's really stupid. You know, believes, you know, it's great. Like if you think that what what I'm doing is stupid, we are not going to work well together. And, and it's you might have all the skills in the world, but if we are not aligned on our values, it's not going to work out. And there'll be other people who look at that and say, yes, that's amazing. I love entrepreneurs, too. I believe in people, too. I want to be a part of that company. And now I am standing out in both good and bad ways from my competition. So if you're trying to attract people, leading with your mission is important because you will differentiate yourself. And some people will think that your mission is is not for them. And that's amazing. Let them self-eliminate. You both save a lot of time. And other people will be attracted to it and want to work there. Then you can think about what are the policies that you have in your company and how does that reflect your values? What is your your onboarding process and how does that conflict or uh, support your values? How do you fire people? How do you make tough decisions in your business in a believe way or grow way or inspire way or whatever your one word is? Basically, every single decision that you have to make in, in your life and in your business, you can filter through your one word to get the best answer for you. Well, one of the best things that you've done here with this book is, and you say it in the, and basically in the last chapter, is uh, Evan that your book is a blueprint. It's not just a book, and I love that because it really is. And for my listeners, um, what I want to let them know is that you know this is a simple read. It's an opportunity to try to. Um, redefine yourself um, using some of uh, Evan's techniques uh, around this one word. And I'd say, you know, give it a try. Uh, The endorsements that he has from uh, Gary Vandercheck and Chris and Ryan Holiday and all these people, these people wouldn't be endorsing Evan if they didn't believe in Evan, number one, and number two, and what Evan is trying to teach people to help them not just grow the business, but grow themselves as well. Evan, um, where do you want to send people to the listeners that are out there right now to learn more about not only just your book, uh, but any of the workshops you might be doing, the speeches, your upcoming speeches you have, uh, your YouTube videos, any place that they can go to get exposed to you and, and learn more about Evan Carmichael? Sure. Uh, well, if, you, if you're looking at the book, wherever you buy books, it's there, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you normally buy your books, it's, it's there, so you can check it out. It's called Your One Word. Uh, for me, 
wherever you lo- wherever you like to consume content, you know, you could search me, Evan Carmichael. If you if you like videos and you're on YouTube, you can find me there. If you like written content, you can go to my website. If you are on Twitter, I'm there too. So uh, wherever you normally consume people, just type in Evan Carmichael, you'll probably find me. Most definitely. I did that, and yes, uh, he, he comes up, and there's probably other Evan Carmichaels, but not ones that have great search engine optimization. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to find Evan. Well, Evan, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and spending a few minutes with our listeners um, to speak about your book, Your One Word, The Powerful Secret to Create a Business and Life That Matter. And for the, all my listeners, again, you can find him at Evan Carmichael or hashtag believe hashtag believe been a pleasure evan thanks it's all mine greg thank you for the opportunity 